Hello and welcome to Publishing Underdog. I am your host, author Latricia Holmes. Tune in every week to learn from my experiences as a first-time indie author. I will dive into the process of publishing my first books. We will cover marketing strategies, budgets, successes, and inevitable learning points. Let's start the show! To Publishing Underdog. I am your host, Latricia Holmes. Today is episode six of the series. And just a quick personal update. Today also is day nine that my husband is in California fighting those fires. I did get word that if all of it goes well, he will be back at day 12. So continue to pray for all those firefighters out trying to put out California and pray for California and all those people that have lost their homes and have been affected by the fire and smoke in that area. Let's get on with our author shout out of the week. Our author shout out of the week is Iso Rivers and her book Sacrifice. Sacrifice is a compilation of three short fantasy stories. This book will take you on an emotional journey. Sacrifice, Arnaline has never been normal, but only now does she realize the importance of her species. Then her story, Thin Chains. A young woman faced with choices, trapped in a world she thought she was safe, but not trapped the way you would expect. And the story, Scarred. Nightmares regularly plague Nisa. Only Nisa's nightmares are memories of the past. Will her past destroy any chances she has of a future? And a little about the author? Iso is a cause writer and a self-proclaimed weirdy. She started making up stories before she could write. She was the kid you saw muttering to herself in the corner, narrating a story. What is a cause writer? It is a cosplayer, fantasy author, blogger, nonfiction writer, super geek, and public speaker, all rolled into one. If you look up weirdy on the Urban Dictionary, it says a weirdy is an indie plus something else that is generally considered weird. Weird plus indie, weirdy. A promoter of Greek pride and community, ISO promotes positivity and awareness through fantasy, fanfic, how-tos, interviews, con reviews, and sharing her love of geekiness and merch through videos and writing. She hopes to give people a place to find other weirdies so they can support each other, collaborate, and find like-minded people. Well, ISO, you found the right person here. You can find her writing on isorivers.com. That's I-S-O-R-I-V-E-R-S.com. Weird is the new normal.com on Amazon and most social media platforms at ISO Rivers Author. I S O R I V E R Author. All right, congratulations, and I hope your book is doing well. All right, and before we jump into all the fun and exciting news I have to share with you all, I want to go back and recap on what I've learned this week on the Self Publishing 101. Also, what I've decided to do with some of my launch campaigns and pricing and all that. So let's start off. The first thing we talked about this week was pricing. Not we talked. That module that I was studying was on pricing. And Mark Dawson broke it down into some different ways to look at it. Obviously, we should be paid for our art. It takes a long time, a lot of thought, a lot of energy, a lot of hours, a lot of time into making this book. So, you know, whereas you do want it to be affordable enough that you can 
get a wider audience. You don't want to necessarily stifle all of your money that you've worked so hard for. So he kind of broke things down. You know, you might have a lot more people buy your book at 99 cents and you'll have a whole lot less people buying your book at like $5.99, but 10 bucks and 12 bucks, same, same amount of, so, you know, if 10 people bought your book at 99 cents, that's 10 bucks. If, if we're not just talking about the percentage and then two people buy your book at $5.99, you're ahead by that too. I'm not pricing it at $5.99. I want it to be kind of in that sweet spot. Also, uh, I've also decided that I'm going Amazon exclusive. Now, originally I thought I'm going to do this for 90 days, the 90 day limit. I thought I'm going to put my fo first book out there for 90 days and then I'll take it out and go wide. But I also started listening to a new podcast. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this one is the Six Figure Authors Podcast. It's a fairly new podcast, but it's branched off of uh, an earlier podcast. And what one of the hosts there, what she talked about is that she would keep your keep her books in KU until all of the books in the series were done and run through their 90 days. And that made a lot of sense to me because you do get a whole lot of benefits with going with KU, including you can get five day free promos five days in that 90 for free promos that get a lot of downloads, a lot more exposure. Um, you'll also, if you're in KU, the way the royalties break in is you get 70%, I think if it's marked $2.99 or higher, 70% royalties back. Uh, and then it's 35% if it's less than that. And so in your, if you're in KU, you do get 70% even if you mark your book at 99 cents. So I thought that was pretty cool. Gives me a little more flexibility. So, you know, when book two comes out, I can maybe drop the price for book one, get more people to buy book one as they read book two. Um, so I thought that was, that was really good. So that's what I think I'm going to do. That's the one thing that's changed. I was just going to do 90 days and then pull out a KU, but now I think I'm going to wait until book three comes out and then I will pull them all wide. And, and go from there. That And that will probably take me into most of this year, actually. If I, even if I, my goal is to publish all three books within this year. So even if I publish all three books within this year and that third book still has to go through its 90 day cycle, I am probably looking at the end of the year, which is fine for me. One of the other tips that I got from 101 is if you're a brand new author, which I am, it can be overwhelming. There's so much to think about. There's so many areas that you could publish, but then you have to think about all the different advertisements, how you can get it to get boosted and in, in wide and in Amazon and using, you know, Amazon's advertising versus Facebook and Instagram and all that. It can get really overwhelming. So I think, I think this might be a good thing for me to focus because I just naturally, I tend to be scatterbrained. I want to do all of the things. I want to do everything at one time and it's, it can be good. It can get me motivated and doing stuff, but then, you know, there's drawbacks when you're not focusing all of your energy on one thing, then all of your energy is dispersed into multiple things and it's not as powerful. I, that's what I think I'm going to do 
I also, they also talked about in 101, uh, reader magnet. I've been thinking of ideas, throwing out ideas. And what a reader magnet is, is if you don't know, it's, it's kind of a, an incentive, a pull to get people to subscribe to your mailing list to kind of get your word out there. And it's something free. It's something tangible that you offer people that can get them excited about your works, excited about you. So there's some things that I was playing with. I was talking to my beta reader and he gave me a lot of great ideas as well. I'm not positive what that might be. It might be one idea that I had is that for each book, you can do like a, a bonus chapter. So and every time I have a new book coming out, there could be this kind of bonus scene, bonus chapter that, you know, if you're not signed up, you wouldn't know. And if you read the books, you might really want to read this chapter or you can do one chapter with somebody else's point of view. So if you have a really compelling chapter, like a fight scene or a love scene or something like that, you can do the other person's point of view. And right now, the way my books broke down, the very first chapter is from my protagonist's father's point of view. And then the rest of it is from her point of view. So I thought maybe, I mean, I might be able to take that chapter, that first chapter that I had, which puts a lot of backstory and puts a lot of emotion and everything into the story. I could maybe take that whole thing out and leave that for my reader magnet too. But I haven't quite figured that out yet. I'll talk to you about, a little bit more about why I might not do that. And then leading back into our mailer list, they talked about, again, email marketing services and how to set up automations. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but you can just go in and pre-select all these different email populated emails to be sent out to new subscribers, or if you have a campaign coming out to everybody, or if you have that reader magnet, the people that subscribe to read that reader magnet, you can say, hey, this is me. Here's what you signed up for stuff like that. So went over that a little bit more. And so I do know that I need to get that done probably soon, but I, I'm just a little lenient because I got a lot of on my plate right now. And I do have a timeline checklist of when I need to get stuff done. And that's really not in that. So if I am to do it, it might be right after I launch that way in the back of the book, I'm going to put subscribe here, stuff like that. If you want to learn more, check me out here. And so then my mailer list might be organically growing and that might be the time to do it right now I only have like 13 people subscribed to my mailing list so it's not that big a deal I could just send those 13 people emails just fine but what if I get my email list built up and one of the reasons why you really want to get that email list built up is you want that organic fan base you want to be able to get those people hyped up for when you have new releases coming out or if you need uh, an advanced reader team, if you have questions, if you want to poll people, you really need that group of people and you want them to be very organic so that they're kind of helping you along. So when you do your launch, you already have all these people ready to rally for you, ready to buy that book and, and maybe get you up higher in the rankings so that more people can find you, more people can read your book. And it kind of goes as a kind of a snowball effect. And that's what you really want that will come gradually. But, and I have to, I have to realize that <laughs> my first release, I'm going to have like 10 people <laughs> ready to read it. But the second one, second book might be 20, third book, 
40, you know, that's my overall goal. Okay, so very exciting news. Like I told you earlier, uh, there's a big update on my book. I was so productive this last week. I did narrow down the series title and I nailed down the title of the book. Okay, so after much deliberation and talking to my advanced readers, talking to my beta readers, just people that would listen to me in general, the title of my series is The Demon's Origin. And I went back and forth. I originally didn't like the demon origins because I felt like, well, origins is the beginning of history and that's not where this book starts. This book doesn't start, you know, in the beginning of their history. But as my my beta reader talked about, and it really made sense, is that my books are all in one demon's point of view. So it is their origins. And when I progress into the book, the way my plan is laid out for these books is the first three books are going to be one story arc, one, one story in and of itself. So they have to be read together. But books four, five, and six, they're going to be same world. It's going to be this after effect of the first three, but you could read them independently. So you don't need to read one, two, and three to read four, five, and six. You could read four, five, and six, and then read one, two, or three. Or the next group is going to be, again, a different setting, another chain reaction to my very first three books. So that is how I have it laid out. And I want to group all of them into one series rather than making one through three their own series, four, five, six, or in that case, one, two, three of those series. I didn't want to make them all single trilogies because I thought that would be a lot harder to market. So I've decided to lump them all in. And I know this is way in the future, but this is how my brain works. So I wanted, I wanted them to all fit. And the way that if you say the demon's origin, that means it's that specific protagonist's origin. That is the title of the series. That is where this whole storyline this whole world that I've created will all fit into that same series. It'd be a lot easier to market. I think it'll be a lot more appealing, get people a lot more vested into these stories. And then the title of the book is The Hybrid Princess. I was very excited. I went back and forth on what I should call it. I didn't want it to give away too much, but in the beginning of the book, she's a princess. So Spoiler alert, it's not giving away. The title's not really giving away much. Uh, and it's very catchy. I'm very excited. So the series is The Demon's Origin, book one, The Hybrid Princess. All right, but that's not even, that's not even what I'm most excited about. A couple huge things happened. The, the first is I have a designer for my book cover and she's been given all of the information already. And I am just waiting now to see what magic comes about. I got her as a recommendation from our author shout out from Angeline Trevina. And I was very excited. She lives in the Ukraine though. So that's the only tricky part is that we could not be further apart from each other. So anytime I email her when it's my normal hours, it's like one in the morning there and, and vice versa. We are on opposite days. You know, we not only are we worlds apart, but 
we're in complete different days at most points most points so i'm very excited and the best thing is she was so much cheaper than what i had originally budgeted for i i was originally thinking i think i said in another episode i was thinking that 500 to 800 dollars was going to be how much it costs for my book cover she is a fraction of that i don't have the final quote yet but i do have her estimation and the higher part of the estimation i was like yes please if you if you can come up with what i have in my mind or something better which i'm sure she will because i'm not an artiste I, I don't have that eye. i really don't maybe when i get more of my creative juices flowing with writing i, I might but right now i don't i, I kind of gave her the outline what i had envisioned and i am pretty confident she's going to come back with something more than i even imagined the other thing is that I was pretty excited about. I went into the SPF 101 group and I just wanted to ask some more advanced writers than myself about a developmental editor. Did they use a developmental editor? Because that they're all separate. A developmental editor is different from a copy or a line editor, it's different from proofreading. And in SPF 101, they talked briefly about the costs of publications and how much it would cost for a copy editor, a line editor, or uh, proofreading, but they never talked about a developmental editor. And it, it can be very expensive just to do the copy and the proof. So I was kind of nervous, but it's my very first book and it is the very first book of the series. So if this book just bombs and falls short, it would set everything up for failure or I have this one book that's like hey this is gonna be books two and three and then it's so horrible that I'm like I can't finish two or three so I had a lot of anxiety going into it I felt in my heart I needed to do a development to edit and a lot of it is because I'm I know I have so much to learn and just by talking to a professional getting their feedback their input about what they thought of my book and where they think I should go or where the plot holes are and maybe how to fix those plot holes would be just the experience alone would be so worth it. I, I asked them and, and they kind of had the same feedback. And so I, and in that group, somebody said, oh, well, this is someone I use, which is they're also hired them through Fiverr, which is where I got my cover from. Um, so if you haven't checked them out, if you're an indie author, check out I mean, you got to check out Fiverr and see the services that they provide. I mean, anywhere between proof editing, line editing, beta readers, book covers. I mean, you name it, it's on this website. So F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Check it out. You will be so pleasantly surprised. And so I contacted this recommendation that I got from the Facebook page or the Facebook group. And she said, yeah, actually, I would love to do that. I told her how many words I have now. I said, I do need it a little longer. I explained my whole situation. And she said, I would love to do that. I'm booked this week, but I'm open next week. So I have a deadline now to get my book into an editor. And that deadline is Monday. I am, I'm pleasantly, excitedly nervous to see. But, and she again was 
a third of what I was planning on paying, at least a third, a third of what I thought a development or a critique edit would be. And then she also does copy editing and proofreading. So if I'm really happy with what she comes up with in my critique edit, then I'm totally going to hire her for the, the copy and the uh, proofreading. So those are the big things. Um, and right now, I just looked earlier, I am about 57. No, 63. Sorry, forgot to add the pages I'm on. So I have 63 more pages right now to edit, to edit by Monday to turn into her. And um, I'm a little nervous, but I think the fact that I have a deadline now is really going to help me. Plus, I've, I mean, I've been going breezing through it. So this is just going to help me a little bit more. Plus, I know someone else is going to read it. So you better get your stuff together. With all of that, with already having my book cover being designed as we speak, I'm going into my first round of edits on Monday. I am definitely on target to pre-order January 1st and publish. And I did find my ARC readers, my advanced uh, my advanced reader team, and, and I figured out how I can give them an actual copy, which was, I was kind of nervous about. I was like, well, I'll just have to give them a PDF and they'll have to just read it that way. But I did figure out how I can get them a book in hand. And because I do, I have four people right now on that team that are over the moon said, I want to read it. Can I read it? When can I read it? And so I have found a way that I can get them the actual book so that they can read it. Give me any final last minute things before I publish February 1st. That is that. I know this episode's a little longer, but I did. I had so much stuff getting done this week. It was a phenomenal week. And yes, on. and so with all that being said, I'm just motivated to get this book done. Still cracking in on marketing strategies, learning now. I did mention the other podcast that I started listening to that I really liked. If you're a brand new author or an indie author just looking for new tips, uh, the Six Figure Author podcast is it's been great so far. I love listening to them and all their strategies. And that's really the only new one. So with that being said, I think I'm going to um, let you go and I will tell you about my process. She says that it takes about three days before she'll get back to me. So I don't think that I will have it back by the time I record this podcast, but I might have the cover back so I can update you there. Or if you follow me on Instagram, I know I'm going to do a cover reveal on that. And you can find me at authorlatricia.homes on Instagram. And you can also find me on Facebook too, if you want to check me out there. So with that being said, I will see you next week. I hope you have a good and productive week. And for all of those doing NaNoWriMo, good luck. Stay strong. You could do it. But in seat, write those words. All right. Talk to you later.